All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle. Are we human because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at them because we are human? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to pastures in the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing session 8 of A God's Dream from Cult of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason and friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Officer Aaron Max, and I kept telling Fedra I wanted a segue for my birthday, but every time I brought it up, she changed the subject. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brayden. Hey, Bro Bangles McFangles here, playing V. <laughs> Uh, and V wants to make a belt out of these notes that Carl Day left for us, but she realizes that would be a waste of paper. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. Noxicals. Hello. I am playing Josh Simmons, and uh, I think we should call this statue Billy Idol. <laughs> Lydia Hi, I'm playing Emily Strauss and I hope we're not going to sit around idle now we have this statue oh, <laughs> That's good well, That's strong <laughs> And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day and I am having a hypopan time therefore I don't know what to say <laughs> God damn it, oh, chicken no. nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a blood sugar thing for anyone wondering. <laughs> Just the, uh, the keeper is not having a stroke. It's okay. <laughs> Another medical emergency, but we're, we're working through it. Um, I think you should post the chicken nuggets recipe to our Discord, Fedra. I didn't follow a recipe. I oh, followed wow. my heart. She went rogue. I know. Well, that's even better then. <laughs> Can we call our, our album The Rogue Chicken Nuggets? <laughs> it has to be done. Yeah. Luxical, tell us what happened last time. Searching the Watsons' strangely perfect home and trying to make it look like a common burglary, our party find little of interest on the main floors. Remembering Diana Chase's story about strange lights from the attic, however, they locate a hidden panel in the ceiling. The hatch beneath is locked, but given that their attempts at B&E have been less than subtle so far, they break the lock off and climb the ladder. Like the rest of the house, the attic is also unnervingly clean and tidy, though it's the first room they've seen that still shows signs of its 1920s heritage. It's mostly empty, save for something large covered with a grey blanket. Removing this, they find a strange, tall machine with a series of tubes and pipes attaching it to a computer and to a large glass tube containing a naked woman. 
The woman immediately starts screaming, and the crew scramble to find a way to release her from her glass prison. V can't get the computer working, so Aaron smashes the glass, miraculously avoiding harming the woman inside. As she steps out from the jagged wreckage, the nude prisoner seems to calm briefly before suddenly proclaiming her hatred of the Church of Perfect Science and of their worship of a being she calls Cthulhu. Before the party can ask her any further questions, she steps to one side and seemingly vanishes from existence. The series of unnerving events proves too much for Josh and V. Josh pees himself, just a little, and flees from the attic. V finds herself no longer able to bite her tongue regarding her feelings about the rest of the team, and unloads at both Emily and Aaron. The ensuing argument ends with V kicking our hapless campus cop in the dick, seemingly because he failed to call her back after a recent night of passion. Realising it's definitely time to leave, our heroes have a very awkward drive away from Brown Avenue. The tense silence is broken by a call to Aaron's mobile. The caller, Teresa, claims to be a friend of Dr. Sanchez, the doctor looking after Carl Day in Argentina. She has a package for them, from Carl, at the Hilton Hotel. Can they collect it? Some nervous discussion ensues, but the party collect the parcel and return to Aaron's to examine it. We open Act 8 with our heroes staring down at a strange, octopus-headed statue and two handwritten notes. Are they from Carl? And here you are, having opened a package that contains a tentacular statuette in jade stone and two handwritten notes. Emily will pick up one of the notes, I think. Okay, why don't you give us a read? So this note is signed Carl Day. I'm sorry to send this to you, but I don't know what else to do. They're coming after me. The perfect scientists. I managed to escape their mansion with this idol. It's important to them, and I know they shouldn't have it. I don't know how I ended up in Antarctica. I just made a wrong turn on some other planet. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh will grab the other note then of the two. There's a second note. You're very welcome to read it out for us, please. Okay. So, oh, it's in lovely spidery handwriting. Uh, yeah. Signed, Dr. Sonia Sanchez. Did we know her name was Sonia? Well, we do now. You do now. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Day, in moments of lucidity, begged me to send you this idol and his note. I'm not sure if I made the right choice, but I felt I must comply with his wishes. I lied to him and told him that I had done so, but then I felt guilty about lying. So I'm finally sending this idol and these notes with my trusted colleague, Ms. Campia. I don't know if Mr. Day's note makes any sense to you. I'm certainly not sure what to make of it. Dr. Sonia Sanchez, Rio Grande Regional Hospital. And uh, does anyone kind of reach for the idol to examine it? Oh, Aaron does. No reason. I'm just really excited about getting this idol at last. <laughs> Do it. It is a very attractive idol. You hold it in your hands and you feel kind of the sense of, of power and connection. Roll me power, please. Ooh, gladly. I've already given you an image of someone holding it, so you know the scale. You can hold it in one hand. That is a 12. Okay, yeah, so you oh. you feel very happy and comfortable to be holding this uh, jade statuette. Sure do. I give it a little kiss. I don't. Uh, Aaron is a bit creeped out by it. He's probably turning it over and over in his hands. He's looking for any, like, 
you know, like maybe the base comes off and there's something significant inside, like, what the heck? Why was Carl so enthused by this thing? Surely if he broke into that mansion it would have been to find papers or evidence of some kind. It sounds like Carl's been on something, like something's happened to the guy. So, the church, they're actually worshipping this thing? Well, sounds like it. They sent him to Antarctica? A wrong turn on some other planet? I really hope that's poetic license. I figure maybe he, they slipped something in his drink or something. Yeah. I talk to junkies who talk like that, you know? But I mean, he did go to Antarctica. Maybe he had some kind of breakdown. I mean, it must be stressful, right? Being a detective and all. Yeah, you're right. That don't explain him turning up at the South Pole, though. And, I mean, geez, who knows what that... That stuff we saw in the attic, it... it beggars belief. Yeah. You don't think this thing is like... I... magic or something? He puts it down in a hurry. Well, I mean, all over the world and all, all throughout history, statues do get imbued with spiritual power. Just about every single religion does put some kind of focus on, on, on objects like these. I mean, for focus of prayer, focus of magic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, uh. Um, I want to remind everyone at this point that both V and Joss are in fact indefinitely insane. So very mm. fragile. Yeah, Joshua's about to have a little wobble. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I was just gonna say, um, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Look, <laughs> he may have had a breakdown, but he ended up at the South Pole, like three hours after his ex-wife saw him and I called him and I spoke to him after he was found there and he was fine and normal in the call a woman stepped to the right and disappeared I don't like this at all no you're right I, I'm just trying to find any reason you know because this isn't reason none of this none of what we're seeing has any reason to it at all and frankly i don't know what to make of any of this if this thing's important to the cps what do we do with it maybe we should hide it you know i don't know get like a bank safety deposit box or something could we break it like just smash it up could we take take it out into the the lake and like drop it and you know let, let's go on like one of those cruises oh, oh from the lake and uh just throw it overboard middle of the night middle of lake Huron. um i'm gonna assume that the church already knows who we are and our connection to carl faking a voice with ai is easy I bet they invited us there just to see whose Carl's friends were so they could try and get this idol back. Don't don't try and, and bring sense to this, V. It doesn't make any sense. The woman disappeared. That wasn't AI. No. It wasn't a goddamn movie. She disappeared. Could it be? 
Could it be like some kind of, I don't know, magic trick? There were no screens. There was no, no box. There was no equipment. We were in that attic and the place where she disappeared was an empty piece of room. Yeah, that was real. I've seen even weirder shit than that. That was real. Josh is going to start looking around at all of the corners in your room like, could somebody appear out of any of those? I'm starting to get a real weird feeling about this uh, statue thingy here. Keeper, Aaron's been for years watching horror movies based on the quote-unquote fictional works of Adelaide Glyford, <laughs> in which she, you know, certainly tentacled statuettes would have uh, played a role at some point. I bet. Okay, so it's feasible for him to have memories. Yeah, of the mentions of it definitely seems familiar. Okay. Uh, Josh, as you start searching around, you start hearing this noise coming from the statuette. It's confusing, it's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's kind of like like a scream, but also like like a, a dial-up internet or like a vibration. And it's it's all coming from the statuette. It, it terrifies you, it turns you around. Can, can anyone else hear that? Aaron, do you have a hammer? Aaron, your phone is ringing. Uh, yeah, in the... uh, just a second. I answer it. Well, no, first I look at the caller ID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Creepy cult. Possibly spam. Is it, in (laughs) fact, the call of Cthulhu? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. End of scenario. Thanks, everyone. It's been fun being (laughs) here. Thanks for coming, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, It is um, an Argentinian number. Uh, I've probably saved the like Rio Grande hospital number by this point so is that who's coming through? Yeah. Awesome. Alright, I uh, I flip open the old phone and we will... No, I don't. I just answer the phone. Josh, the sound stops and you're sitting there very confused about no one acknowledging I just this. have a weird ringtone that sounds like a statue screaming. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. Um, My nephew installed it. I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't hear it the same way as Josh. Well, I don't hear it anymore. I'm just used to it. Still less annoying than Crazy Frog. <laughs> oh, God, the Crazy Frog. Yeah. That was a real sanity test. <laughs> uh, um, uh, are, you, are you sitting down? Oh, jeez, Doc. Don't start a sentence like that. What? Uh, is it? Is it Carl? I'm so sorry. Shit. Carl, Carl Day um, is, is dead. He died an hour ago of heart failure. We did everything we could, but... Did you receive the package? Yeah. Uh, yeah, got it right here, Doc. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did everything you could. Wow. Uh... Uh-huh. There, there there are some strangers here asking questions about Carl and the idol. Mm-hmm. You hear someone through the receiver knock on a door. Is that them? Are they with you right now? Tell her to get out of there. Um, uh, ju- just a delivery. Uh, let, let me get that. Doc, right don't, back. don't, 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 don't put the phone down. Don't answer the door. Just, just hang on a second. 
the phone is still on the line, but you can't hear her anymore. In the background, there's some confusing sounds of distress, and then silence. Oh my god. Suddenly, a different voice comes on the line. Hello. Is Aaron there? Ha 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 And then he hangs up. Jesus Christ, somebody's been watching too many horror movies. <laughs> what? 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 What was that? Who was that? What? What's happened? That was some cartoon villain shit, but it sounds like they got to the dock and Carl's ca dead. Heart failure, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. And now, sh apparently, strangers have been coming around asking questions about him and the statuette all the way down in Argentina. I don't know how long it's going to be before they trace it here, but this thing is officially hot. We, we gotta get rid of it. I just remembered there's something just like this in those old Glyphid stories. I'm kind of freaking out, you guys. We gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta break it, we gotta yeah. smash it up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do. I don't know if a hammer's gonna do it. This thing's solid stone. I, I kind of like the drop it in the lake idea, or, uh... Shit, I don't know. I, I, like in the movie, it, like, they used it to summon stuff, and I don't know. Maybe we should go to the hardware store and, and rent something, you know? A circular saw, chop the head off it, and then drop both pieces into the lake. Of course, the more you hold it, Aaron, the more you feel like... Uh, no, 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 I did say I put it down. Okay. <laughs> after, after he remembered the stories about it, it's on the table now. <laughs> no one's touching it, huh? <laughs> Dang it. That sounded like it would be interesting. V picks it so, up, tell me what you're going to say. So, V, you see it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's okay. No take back. I lick it. I put um, a tentacle in my mouth. Now what? <laughs> v, the more you look at it, because you and Joss have also looked into the um, Adelaide stories, right? Not the films, mm. but you've looked into. Yeah. And I think you are fascinated by it. It draws you in. You feel like, you know, you have an adventurous side. When you see something strange, you don't want to get rid of it and never figure out what it actually is. There's something inside, even though you know that it probably makes sense. To get rid of it, there's something in you that says, if I don't figure out exactly what this is and what it does and what they want it for, then wouldn't I be a failure if I just let them destroy it mm -hmm. before understanding it? How many mysteries of the past and of the present would be solved if you had the power to understand what they're doing with this and how maybe it can be used against them? Can I roll Cthulhu Mythos on it and meditate with it? Um, Even if they're shouting at me, just like close my eyes and hold it. Yeah. Hear what it has to say to me. <laughs> yeah. I know it wants to speak. <laughs> yeah, you can snuggle it. Yeah, snuggles with a Cthulhu idol. Oh my god, I succeeded! Yes! <laughs> oh, oh yeah, B! Oh, B. <laughs> How many points have you got in Mythos? I've got 10 and I rolled a 7. This might be our first successful Cthulhu Mythos roll ever on this show. Wow! Wait! Yeah. I also feel like I didn't do a rules thing. Did you 
and Josh both go mad after encountering Remember Fletcher. Yes. Does that mean you both get an extra five mythos points? Oh, I mean, if you say so. Oh, boss. Because you went mad from an encounter with yeah. mythos entity. Yeah, okay. Is that how it works? In that case, it's a hard success. <laughs> okay. B, you sit down and meditate holding the little jade statuette despite people telling you to not do that, probably. And you feel this sense of warmth and connection. You realize that the statuette is powerful, but not just powerful. With your hard success, you comprehend in ways beyond logical comprehension that this statuette saved Carl Day's life for as long as it did. Mm. You comprehend that this statuette is somehow on your side and that you feel that everything is somehow going to work out as it's meant to, if only you move forward. You feel the sense of a greater power that is on your side and is good. We we need to keep this safe from them. We can't let this get into their hands. This thing saved Carl. I can feel it. I, I can I don't know how I can feel it. I can feel it though. How? Um saved him. Those bastards sent him to Antarctica over it. No. They were going to kill him. It, it it's it saved him. Well, wait, maybe, maybe that means the statue sent him there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that thing is bad news, V. No. V, the statue is looking at you, and you can see its features form, like big, wide, baby-like eyes, its little tentacles oh. move around, and it gives you this little harmless, babyish smile. It's like the cutest stuffed animal made of jade you've ever seen. Has it become a kawaii Cthulhu? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a baby Yoda situation. This thing's the new mascot. You're probably imagining it, but also it is. you do see it, so it's happening. Yeah, I hug it close and... Uh, we, we can't risk letting this thing go back to them. Plain and simple. Well, you're right there, but uh, I like the angle grinder idea. Let's go with that. We can find a hardware store. No, 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 no. Oh. We gotta keep this thing intact. What do you think we should do with it? There are bigger things at play here. I... I don't know. There are these papooses you can wear <laughs> on your front. And you can carry it like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to keep moving forward. Keep... I think it wants us to... Make sure this cult gets taken down somehow. V? This is good. We, this thing is good. Can you hear the way you're talking? Josh. You said the statue wants us to do things. <laughs> that's that's bad, right? Statues don't... Statues don't make noises. I didn't hear any noises. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ladies don't disappear into thin air either. Open your mind, Josh. 
Come on, listen. I think my mind's been opened enough, frankly. Yeah, you're starting to give me a uh, wrong turn on another planet vibe here, V. Look, we can all agree we can't stay here, all right? We can't stay at any known address connected to any one of us. They've only said my name so far, but I don't trust these fuckers not to know everything about every one of us. I don't want to get too tinfoil hat here, but I think you're right. This thing is big, goes deep, and I think I think we're officially on the run. We need to get in a car. We need to get moving. We can figure out our next move on the road. Getting out of town sounds like a good idea. We, we can't go completely out of town, though, right? If we're going to do something. Uh, I mean, the mansion is here in Chicago. The, the, the center is here. I think maybe we got to act fast. If they're just now closing in on Carl, maybe they haven't got as far as us yet. They don't know we have this thing yet. They're not going to expect us to come and snoop around their shit like today. So I think, I think we got to move. Uh, my my car's outside. We could um, I'll drive us wherever we want to go, but we stay together, right? Yeah. What about that yeah. that guy with the dreams? I mean, he gave us his first name, and he gave us the fact that he's a an, an artist, right? Maybe we can try and track him down and and check that he's okay as well. I mean, if they're coming for us, maybe they're coming for him too. Or maybe he knows more than he was saying. You know, the one who gave us those, uh, the note with the numbers on it that we still haven't worked out what they are. Yeah. I, I, I really want to meet his girlfriend, Bessica, as well. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, like, I feel like me and her will really get on. Bessica is Cthulhu. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, and I don't know. No offense, but I think this might be one of those uh, put your own oxygen mask on first situations. If we can help that guy out, then swell. But uh, look, can we all just... Can we just go? Can we grab a car and start moving? How, ma how many guns do you have, Aaron? Uh, that's a good question. How many guns does the average Chicago citizen own? <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I, I pull a lever on the wall and uh, the you... fireplace rotates. <laughs> Whose house are you in right now? Who's Aaron's. Is it mine? Okay, cool. Yeah, we went back to yours because you apologized for the state of the place. That's right. Okay, yeah. I flip my sofa up and uh, reveal my like back cave underneath. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all I own is one handgun, uh, a can of pepper spray, and a truncheon. So, Aaron, you head to your gun room to see your guns. <laughs> Um, the guns that I'm already carrying. All there is in the gun room is like an empty couple of perks. <laughs> are you, you giving me? Are you giving me a gun room? I'm just popping to the gun room, followed by a flushing noise. <laughs> it's yes. literally a, like a little a little cupboard, but you call it the gun room. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of my kitchen cupboards. There's yeah. like some salsa in the back. But you put your head in every time you you look at your guns, and you're like, I'm in the gun room. Um, you do that. While I'm gonna say, Emily, you go, you know, you, you start preparing some coffee for people to start, you know, to, to be ready, some snacks, pack some snacks to make it through the journey. You don't know how long you've been driving, so it's good to be prepared. Uh, perhaps you have to pop by to the convenience store in the corner yeah. just to make sure you're provisioned. I don't think Aaron is the kind of guy who would have a very well stocked kitchen with anything you start going like cupboard to cupboard in the kitchen and it's just uh mayo packets and <laughs> like chopsticks and takeout <laughs> just piled in there that's all there is yeah 
I'm gonna say, Josh, at some point, you know, you wanna go for a toilet break. It's the important. So the, that's where you poop, yes. Um, <laughs> and. Oh no, look at that, I've split the party. Well done, me. Uh, um, no, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> Railroading. <laughs> it's not railroading. No one ever mentions going for a pee. I have to mandate going for a pee. Are you going for a pee together? You're not going for a pee. These are all reasonable can't things. It's like a school trip. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be on the road and then somebody will be like, Aaron, I need the toilet. I want to stop. And Emily will be like, well, you should have gone before we left. <laughs> and can you hold it <laughs> v yeah the statue whispers to you while everyone else is preoccupied and you grab it you head to the bedroom by yourself to hear what it has to say you bring it real close to your ear and then it starts singing a beautiful lullaby that puts you to sleep and then you dream Yuvi are sitting in a car with the rest of the gang, but also a woman who seems to know you. She's in her late fifties and she's wearing a pair of stained overalls. And soon you realize you're driving in Chicago at night. Eventually, you arrive at an out of the way storage unit. You park up outside the unit and get out of the car. The woman opens the unit by entering a code into the door lock. Inside are three crates of plastic explosives and detonators. The dream ends. Josh, you're about to exit the bathroom. Thoroughly washing my hands, given that this is Aaron's house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not going to save you. And as you open the door, the, the noise of the handle gives you a little shudder and then you take a step and you're not in Aaron's house anymore. You look around and the place seems familiar. Like you've read about it and you've heard so much about it and you've dreamt of it in the past. It's Persepolis. You can see it. You're in the middle of the town. People are walking around you. What happened? Um... How are you there? You can smell it, you can hear it, you can touch the buildings. If I look backwards, is it still Aaron's bathroom? <laughs> it's gone. Oh, shit. You're in the middle of a city now. And how are the people around me dressed? Are they dressed like modern day or ye olde times? Or? They are dressed in the most common attires you have seen in your Persepolis research. So it looks like I've just been transported. It is exactly how you imagined it would be. It's breathtaking. This is, um, um, I'm going to walk up to somebody and sort of see if they acknowledge me. They say hello in Persian and then continue. I'll reply in Persian. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. This is bad. You can okay. describe how Josh would react. You don't have so, to solve this. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Josh would sort of wander around like baffled, just like uh, because a small part of him is like, oh my god, this is very cool, <laughs> right? But the main part of him is like, 
Am I am I having a psychotic break? Or has a magic tentacle statue sent me back in time or to another place? And I don't yeah, I I, th I think it, it it'll be sort of inaction through bafflement. And then eventually, if he's there, if he's still there after like five minutes or so, he might just start shouting the names of his compatriots to see if they've also been transported somewhere. Like if they're in, you know, where, wherever the front room would have been from the magic toilet alleyway I woke up in. You start screaming, but everyone seems to ignore you. You shout in your friends' names. And then suddenly, from the corner of your eye, you see Darius, your cockatoo, fly. Fly away or fly to me? Away. Hey, buddy. I'll make the sort of squeaky noise I make to try and get him to come and take seed from my hand. He looks at you and he keeps flying in a certain direction. I... Okay, I'll follow him. This is a terrible idea. He flies and you follow him and he doesn't stop and then you see an archway ahead of you and as you take a step through it, you're back in Aaron's bathroom and Darius isn't there and Persepolis has disappeared and you have no idea what's just happened. Looking at my watch, how much time has passed? Did you look at your watch before you peed? <laughs> no, but I'll have a rough idea of the time of day. Definitely the same, the same hour. Yeah. Right. Okay. So within within the same sort of ballpark, I haven't been. No. The, the date is the same and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although your yeah. watch says the date as well. Fancy. Yeah. Check me out with my smart watch. <laughs> um, I will. You're very shaken. <laughs> yeah. I will open the door and sort of peek my head around to sort of see if everybody's where I left them. Uh, you see Aaron pretending to ninja a gun, whatever he does. Aaron, who very explicitly was keen that we should get on the road as soon as possible, <laughs> and apparently is now spending half an hour just playing with his gun. Not half an hour, you don't know how long it's been. But uh, it's been five minutes and for you. And Josh is in the bathroom. Emily has gone to get someone to drink or to eat, which is fine. And V has disappeared somewhere. Can we assume that Aaron is maybe tossing a few belongings into like a go bag? Yeah. But not in his bedroom, I guess, because that's where V has passed out? Yeah. Okay, so he's just, he's rifling like under piles of takeaway containers in his like living room. Because that's where most of his laundry is, actually. Just in piles. Um... I, I think we should get on the road now. Um, well, yeah, what have I been saying? Look, uh, help a brother out. Just check in that corner for socks, okay? This won't take a second. Sure. Okay, I can check for socks. That's fine. Um. <laughs> He's very nervous about socks, clearly. They don't have to match or nothing. They, <laughs> listen, they ain't gonna be clean. If I'm honest with you, I just... Just, just, just grab whatever you can, and we, we gotta get going. Where's V gone? I might look longingly back at his bathroom, to be honest. <laughs> well, maybe I should go back to Persepolis, right? Yeah. Maybe that's safer. Darius is there, so. Oh no! Yeah. Is he there though? 
Mm. Oh man. <laughs> you don't want to lose your cockatoo in the dreamlands. I don't, but at the same time, I'm imagining that you're going to counsel against us returning to each of our homes to pick up personal belongings. I mean, yeah, but it's pretty unfair that I get to bring all my dirty socks on the road, so... <laughs> and I don't get to bring my cockatoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Emily's getting provisions. Where, where's V? I don't know. I think she went into... I mean, there's only two rooms in this place, so... I'm gonna guess she's in my bedroom, unless she's already in the car. Maybe she found the dirty underwear. <laughs> there's only two rooms. Did I pee in your bed? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I'm sleeping on that. <laughs> Can I push on your bed, mate? <laughs> Can I? Um, I'll pop to the bedroom and see. Check the V's there. Yeah, she's there and she's asleep. I'll give her a little shuffle, a little nudge. Yeah. Uh, uh, Josh, Josh, I have seen it. Some storage unit. We gotta go there. We gotta go there. She opened it with a code. There was explosives there. We can... We can use them. Do you think the code are the numbers from the dream guy? This thing has to be sending dreams. It's... It's trying to help us, Josh. I know it is. You believe me, right? Um... All we've been through... You gotta believe me. I'm not sure I believe it's helping us, but um, it's definitely doing something. Let's go. Yeah. Emily. Yes. You're in the little convenience store in the corner, and you're choosing what is useful for you to pick up. I don't know what your go-to provisions are. I think she she'd probably get several bottles of water and things that don't need to be refrigerated. So like jerky um popcorn maybe like cheese strings or something if they have any fresh fruit as well she might get like a bag of apples or something and uh you know while you're picking the best apples this older woman stops as she sees you she seems starstruck she's in her late 50s and she's wearing a pair of stained overalls you you really exist ah. Uh, I suppose I always knew it deep down, but somehow it's still a surprise to see you. Where are your your friends? Uh, I think you might be confusing me with someone else, ma'am? No. It's you. It's you and uh, it's these two men. One uh, on a segue. Um... <laughs> And <laughs> this other defining characteristic. Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's you. I have seen it as yeah. clear as I see you right now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's me. I have so many questions. Please, could you? How do you know me? I've seen you in my dreams. I'd love to get to know you. Could we grab a coffee? Maybe maybe at the cafe next door? You can call your friends. I just... Uh, oh my goodness. Look, um... I, 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 I can't. I can't stop. Uh, c come with me, okay? Come come okay. with me. Uh, I, I'll take you to meet them. But we're not going to be in town long. Oh. Um, okay. 
she says, and she she follows you. She she has a, she's just buying this um, granola bar, <laughs> and uh, she takes it with her. A granola bar? She can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, Emily grabs a handful of granola bars and puts that in the trolley as well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good jealous. Like, ah, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're upstairs. V has woken up. Josh is mostly. Uh, in the same place as you. Although, Josh, you do have some flashes. You can't tell if it's memories or like brief hallucinations, but you find yourself experiencing some of the visuals or the senses or the sounds or the smells, but then you snap straight back. Yeah, like a random wall is suddenly, you know, ancient stone or, yeah, I get Oh, God. <laughs> and then Emily appears with an older woman in her 50s wearing a pair of stained overalls, V. You! You! <laughs> you! <laughs> I just you, saw you! It's so good to meet you, Father. This is so exciting. So, who are you? I don't Why mean does... to be rude, but who the fuck are you? This is my house! <laughs> I met her at the grocery store. She's the woman from the dream. The one from the dream from the gro- Lady, who are you? What's your name? I'm Ethel. Alright, pleased to meet Ethel. you, Ethel. What the hell are you doing here? Uh, I... You're gonna take us to a storage unit, right? Yes! I unlock it for you. Yes. Uh, I know the code, I know how to get in there, but... I've been too nervous to go by myself. Jesus Christ. If everybody scooches up in the back... You guys can all fit in my car, it'll be fine. Yeah. Alright. Fuck it. That makes sense. Let's go. I'll lean over to Emily and I'll say... Emily. What? I saw... Persepolis. <laughs> you saw... It's a good film. <laughs> but have you read the graphic novel? <laughs> It's better. It is it's much better. Everyone should read the it. The book is always better than the movie. Except the prestige. That was well, way better. That's true, actually. And also, possibly, do androids dream of electric sheep? Which is just very confusing. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you all seem very up to date with, with, with media. If um, we survive this, we should all go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's already got the popcorn. Excuse me, I'd, I'd love to know a bit more about uh, uh, who you are, maybe what what this is all about. Uh, we'll tell you in the car. Here, carry this. <laughs> he hands her the idol. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> unless V's still got it. No, you're not taking it away from me. It's my oh, baby. Oh yeah, it's V's baby. Okay, sorry. I met Ethel at the grocery store. She just, she said she recognized us all. Um, I didn't recognize her, but V, you said that you do. Yeah. I, I can't tell how I know, but she's going to lead us somewhere we need to go. This is like destiny shit. I like her. Yeah, this is the second time this has happened. The the, the artist guy and, and, and now you, Ethel. I mean, how many more people? Are we all being drawn together? And who is doing the drawing? And why? This is very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting and scary. 
You must be meant for something great somehow. I. Yeah. Mm. You're not well, in the Church of Perfect Science, are you, Ethel? Oh my goodness, those guys. Oh, ooh. you know they. Uh, yeah. They control people's minds and thoughts. I'm a free. I'm a sculptor. I'm a free spirit. I'm not into that kind of stuff. Of course you're a sculptor, okay. That's great. That's really great. Let's get in my car. Yeah. We're, and then we're gonna go where V dreamed. But first, I'd really like to get my cockatoo. Is that okay? Ah. <laughs> uh, the bird. You're gonna bring the bird on the run in this full-ass car. On... I just packed a whole bag full of socks. <laughs> some of which I'm pretty sure I could fold like paper. So... You're going to shut up, and we're going to get my bird, okay? Why the socks? We could yeah. stop at a Walmart. We don't need socks. I don't know. I panic. <laughs> you always need socks. All right, fine. Let's go get the bird. It's your car, I guess. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I really did see Persepolis. <laughs> it's in Aaron's toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, what did you eat? I love this game. <laughs> I think, I think it's like what happened to Carl. I think I was really there, Emily. Seriously? It was just, it, it was just like, it was on the platform, like, like the ruins. Josh. And ev everybody was dressed correctly. <laughs> and they said hello. In the correct dialect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the pronunciation wasn't quite what I expected, but that was us making assumptions because we couldn't go back to 300 fucking BC. And Emily is going to just wrap her arms around him and give him a big hug. It's okay, Josh. It's it's okay. I, I believe you. I do. Am I, am I, am I just insane, no. Emily? No, you're not. Okay. You're not insane, Josh. We're, we're going to find... Cool. What's happening here? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense, but we're gonna work it out. You're okay. Ethel seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seem nice too. Most, all of you seem. I mean, most of you seem nice. And she looks at Aaron. It's okay. No one likes Aaron. <laughs> oh, that's reassuring. Except me. Are we gonna get in the fucking <laughs> car or not? Look, uh, all this nice talk. I just want to say. <laughs> Aaron, I'm, I'm sorry about kicking you in the dick, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry. God, thank you. I needed to hear that. Now get in the car. This is the most exciting thing that has happened to me since last Tuesday. <laughs> Who's calling shotgun? I'm driving. What happened last Tuesday? <laughs> well, I'll tell you all about it in right, the car. Shotgun, these chuckleheads can sit in the back with your bird, I guess. Broom, broom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a time. Emily just grabs the Snickers and opens it and then puts it in Josh's hand and kind of like pats his hand and be like, you you just, you just take a break now, Josh. <laughs> I'm driving. It's my car. Although, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to go back to Persepolis, this might be the last <laughs> Snickers I ever have. Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You're driving us to to Werepolis now? 
<laughs> oh, never mind. I'm I'm driving and we're getting my bird. Just to check he's not also in Persepolis. He let me out, by the way. Okay, buckle up, everyone. <laughs> I feel so great about this. Double buckle her. <laughs> Double buckle her, St. Belton. Like, mm. uh, Clunk, click every trip. All right. So you're going to your place. Yeah, I'm going to my apartment, which I think is must be near the university, if not on the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to check that Darius is there in his cage yeah Darius is okay cool could have grabbed Darius mm-hmm. is there oh is there anything else on my character sheet that would matter enough to me to me for me to bother to grab it well how do you have any set of spare socks <laughs> that seems <important. laughs> no <laughs> literally my only my only listed possession is uh, a cockatoo named Darius that's, maybe that's uh, you want a, a dictionary of uh, Persian in case you make it back there <laughs> a phrase book for tourists. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you what I will grab. I will grab The Further Evolution of Man by Roger Blake that I bought at the gift shop at the mm. Church of Perfect Science thing. Ooh, um, nice. And, um, yeah, I'll just grab Darius, grab that book, pop the uh, pop the cockatoo in the back on Ethel's lap and say, uh, oh, I'll make sure I've got some food for him as well. Here, you can offer him some sunflower seeds. He likes those. Here, Aaron, hold this. It might come in handy. Who the who the who the fuck knows? And uh, I'll get back in the car. Mhm. And drive. Oh, and I'll say, V, Ethel, where are we driving? Well, um, I I can direct you to the storage facility. I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Okay. Yeah. You can be Google Maps. Okay. As you're driving, Josh, you hear. A voice you don't recognize mumble something and you don't quite understand it from the back of the car. Sorry, what? The only sound is uh, Darius chirping and for everyone else. So Josh, everyone ignores you. <laughs> okay. And then you, you hear the word father in Persian. It's very small. Um, I'll look back towards Darius. Darius looks at you. He opens his mouth. Father, in Persian. Where are we going, Father? And I'll I'll st- I'll st- I'll talk back to him in Persian. I'll look back to the road and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, sorry, I can't take my eyes off the road. Uh, we're going to, we're we're going to a storage facility. I was like, oh, oh, there's not going to be an ancient Persian. <laughs> no, I think you don't have enough for vocabulary. For we're this. just going to stop off at the Seven <laughs> Eleven. There's but there, there won't be. Well, I I have I have Persian. Um, only nine points less than my own language. Okay, so um, you 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 can paraphrase. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll, um, so I'll say I'll say we're going to we're going to a giant. You know, a giant larder. <laughs> I love you, father. No, I love you too. Uh, at this point, Josh is speaking to himself in strange lit tongues <laughs> while he's driving. Josh, buddy, what the fuck are you talking about? You okay, there, uh, Josh? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking to to Darius. He, I talk to him in Persian, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what this book is for? You're teaching your parrot? That is one well-educated bird. Yeah. (laughs) And then 
you uh, pull your car up in front of a big industrial storage facility. There's a front desk and Ethel says, now I don't know which exactly specifically unit is the one we're supposed to go to, but maybe this kind man on the front desk can help us. How? Can we see any of the units from where we are? No, because this brings us to the end of today's episode. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Lydia, Hal, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash right, where you get access to episodes a week early. What's that? Our cult has inducted a new member. Welcome, Stuart Sellens, and thank you for your support on Patreon. May the omens be ever in your favor. And don't forget, you can get 10% off on chaosium.com using code STARS10, one use per customer only. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our cult elder and avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaright.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read out one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to starsaright.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Craig said, This is a great actual play podcast. I had never listened to an actual play podcast before this one, and I tried it to see whether my own Call of Cthulhu players might like to play the scenario, Children of Fear. 40 plus hours of listening later, I had forgotten all about that and was genuinely invested in the characters. It's a nice blend of tension and humor, which feels like a really good play session, and not like an overblown dramatic production. I have since listened to a couple of other actual play podcasts and realized how good the production and pacing of Stars Are Right podcasts are. Thank you so much for your review, Craig. 